0: So the span of predicted Red Sox victories from our esteemed panel was a low of 84 by Mr. Negative Steve Buckley and a high of 96 Nick Cafardo, American I like League that.
1: Eastern champions. I love li- those Globe-Herald feuds. But those were those guys were excellent, by the way. And, uh, and they're gone now, and I don't know them anything. I'm saying that because we sprung a few things on them, including what unconventional thing will Bobby Valentine's do. And they about came up that? with some stuff. Ryan LaVarnway. How about uh, yeah. a six-man six, six rotation? Man rotation. What an excellent idea from, from TC. Um, think of it. I mean, dice K comes back. If things are going well, guys are pitching well, what do you do? If you're Bobby Valentine, you say, hey, this is what we did in Japan where I was a genius, you where knows, I
0: won. Did you notice how much easier it was to get our panel together? They were standing in line trying to go, come on with us because all guests appearing with Dennis and Callahan here in Fort Myers, spring training, get gift certificates to the great Straga Waterfront and the wonderful owner-host Nick Verano. That
1: that was the big lore, plus we have sprinkled chocolate donuts from Dunkin' Donuts, oh, yes. from Dunkin 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 donuts over there.
0: Uh, Andy Brickley, our conversation with Andy is brought to you by Norfolk Power Equipment and Kubota Tractor. Visit Norfolk Power today to enjoy money-saving year-end Kubota deal days. Check out NorfolkPower.com for more, and by McGee Chevrolet in Raynham, the first place and the last place you'll need to shop for a new or used Chevrolet. Good morning, Andy Brickley. How are you?
2: Well, I'm disappointed you guys are coming home. I was hoping you'd stick around for a couple of more weeks, because the Bruins are coming down in your neighborhood uh, in about that time frame.
0: You know, we went out last night, went to a couple of different, um, what should we call them, saloons. And do uh, <laughs> you know how hard it is to get the NHL network down here in Florida? They go, y- you want the NFL network? The NFL network? So so we missed much of what happened last and night. And
1: they laugh at you when you ask to put hockey on the they TV. Go, what? It's what?
0: Like, it's Hockey? Like, it's like hockey?
1: asking, could you put like... Cricket or a rugby on the TV? They they don't know what you're talking about. What did
2: we Are miss there, last night? There enough Boston fans down there to uh,
0: you know invade those saloons and uh, demand that they get you? Some? Would think so. Yeah. You would think so. But they they look at you like you got three heads when you ask them to do it. <laughs> so what we missed last night, Brick? Well, you missed an ugly
2: first forty minutes by the Bruins. Was what those. Uh Historical, a traditional first game back after a long trip. You know, eleven days, six games. Uh, they looked like a team that had just come off a road trip. Did not play well for the first forty minutes. Execution was terrible. Uh, they were a step behind. When they got opportunities, they just fumbled the puck. Uh, the good news was they were only down one nothing, and then mm. uh, strong push in the third period. They dominated. Uh, they played like they can, and then Robin Leonard, the goaltender, uh, the rookie goaltender that won a championship last year, by the way, in the American Hockey League. Everybody was nervous for Ottawa because they lost the number one goaltender to uh, a tendon injury in his hand in Craig Anderson. But this kid Leonard stepped right in and uh, stepped right past Alex Ault, who played the other night up in Ottawa against the Bruins when the Bruins beat him 5-3. And he played real well in the third period, but it was, again, the Bruins' inability to score goals, and it's kind of plagued them this month.
0: Five shutouts in February. This is not exactly November, is it?
2: No, no. They were uh, they were confident. Uh, they had their full lineup. Everybody was in the slots that they belong. They belong in. They played to their strengths, and and their strength is really a shutdown defense, which is what they're getting back to. I guess if I had to say uh, the good news out of the last four or five games is they're starting to play like they need to play as far as defense, because that's the way Claude believes you win. He's right. Uh, it gives them an opportunity to win every night, but they got to find some way to kick their offense in a gear.
0: I know it takes a while for new guys to mesh and certainly can't expect it in one game, but do they look like they had a clue out there in meshing? And, and how much does Ralston have left, do you think, at 39?
2: Well, I'm not going to use last night's game as a barometer because if I do, the news would be bad. Um... You know, Brian Ralston's game is uh, an element of speed with a good shot that's versatile. Uh, that's when he's on top of his game. The problem is when you come from an organization like the Islanders and you've been waived and you're not playing a whole lot of hockey, uh, you know, how, how much is your conditioning affected? Uh, where is your mind at? Mm. you should be excited to be in Boston, an opportunity to compete in the postseason, but uh, it did look like it last night, but he wasn't alone. The whole team was really ugly for 40 minutes. Uh, you know, his play got a little bit better the deeper they got into the game. But uh, he needs to he needs to get, I think, in a better condition, better frame of mind, get ready to compete. He can help this team if he if he delivers in those areas. as far as Mike Motto went, uh, he was good, you know, as far as what you expect from Mike, he's a he's a six, seven guy as far as your defense. He's somewhere slotted in there. He's got good experience. Uh, I don't worry about him. My expectations aren't through the roof for him. He is what they wanted to do, which was go get some depth, and uh, and he was okay. But both those guys coming from a losing organization, uh, you know, you get hurt by that. You're not where you need to be. You're not sharp enough. You're not physically sharp enough or mentally sharp enough. And hopefully that will get better with a little bit of practice time.
1: Were, were you surprised, Brick, that there was no uh, Corvo fight, no retaliation?
2: Well, it was my understanding, Jerry, that uh, there was a conversation, and I don't know where it began, but uh, the message sent to Corville was that he's just not going to fight you. You know, don't waste your time. Don't take a stupid penalty. Don't drop your gloves and get a misconduct because he will absolutely refuse to fight you. I still would have liked to have seen the the challenge or the asking. It didn't come, uh, so that did surprise me, but that was the word
0: I got post game. Did Char fight last night? No. He didn't. Okay, we got misinformation.
1: Well, why, why? I don't understand that. Claude, Claude Julian said that he knew the beginning of that game, the first period, two periods, we're going to be like that. We're going to be that sluggish, that slow. Was it just because of the road trip, the trades? Was it just an, a hunch? Uh,
2: I think once you get past trade deadline day, uh, everybody should be relaxed. This is your right. team. You know what's, uh, you know, you know, we're looking around the locker room, who's there, who's not what it's going to be like for the rest of the way, uh, because their team was not affected. Nobody was really subtracted from that locker room in the deals that they made. That should not be an issue. So I think it does fall just basically on the fact that it was after a long road trip, and no matter what you do, and, and coaches have been trying for decades to try to figure out what's the best way to get my team ready to play that first game at home after a long trip, but nobody seems to have the solution.
1: You know, we had a conversation with John Butchergrass, one of our favorite guys, one of our favorite hockey guys uh, from ESPN yesterday. He made a great point. He said, "You know, the, the game is is brutal. It's tough. It's physical. It's draining." The season should end now. If you wanted to see the hockey players at their best, it would be 55 games and then start the playoffs. Obviously, they got a long way to go. Uh, but he says, you know, this isn't hockey. This is, you know, it's not hockey at its best. It's these guys are beaten up. They're tired. They just kind of playing out the string. Do you feel that way, Brick? Do you think the season's too long and we're not going to see hockey at its best for the next few weeks?
2: I agree with John. Uh, the only problem is. You got to follow the money trail to get your answers, oh, yeah. and you just—you yep. just, you just you, as you guys know, you just can't do it. I mean, I think the hockey would be spectacular if you had a, a sixty-game schedule. I think it would be spectacular if you shortened some of, uh, you know, the roster size as to who can play on a nightly basis—not who, but how many. Uh, you know, I was a staunch PA guy when I was involved, and I represented the teams that I played for, and I was for as many jobs as possible. Uh, But now that I've been out of the game for a long time and I have a better understanding on the management side, the money side, uh, and I'm a little bit uh, less pro player when it comes to jobs, I think that would be a good idea too, but it's never, ever going to happen. They need to play the 80-plus games during the regular season to make the money work.
0: Hey, Brick, one of the big topics of conversation down here in spring training is uh, the Red Sox trying to figure out and deal with whoever the snitch was that told the Boston Herald that beer and chicken existed in the clubhouse during games by pitchers when they weren't pitching. And uh, they're talking about the sanctity of the clubhouse. Can you apply the hockey code to that? How is how is that looked upon if somebody in your locker room is doing that yeah, to you? Did you, you, you ever have
1: a guy do that? Have you ever a snitch in the clubhouse?
2: Uh, I never. I mean, we had issues, certainly, on every team that I, that I was a part of, especially the teams that didn't win. That was always an issue as to... You know, we use the phrase pipeline. Who was the pipeline to the front office to, uh, you know, mm-hmm. to cause problems? Uh, I was never part of a situation where you truly determined who it was. Everybody had their ideas. Sometimes you tried interventions in the locker room, or you'd get together and go out uh, for an afternoon and have a couple beers and try to sort things sort things out. But, no, I've never been part of, uh, of an investigation where you truly came up with who it was and you try to get through it and uh, and not worry about who the snitch was and try to just move on, and it's a lot easier said
0: than done. I can, I can certainly imagine, though, if you don't know for sure who it is and this guy's looking at that guy and he's looking at the other guy, it can be a very, very debilitating thing in a, in a, in a locker room, can it not? In a that's, room.
2: Absolutely. It, it can destroy a room, no doubt about it. And, uh, and that's why you try to get out in front of things. And that's why there was concerns and red flags, not so much as a sn- uh, snitch, but... Uh, how disruptive you know one player or two players can be. you don't need that in a locker room and that's why that whole Tim Thomas uh, situation took a life of its own, the whole White House and then the Facebook right. situation and the players as a group in that room needed to get out in front of it. The problem I have today guys is I think that room is just too accessible for everybody media included right. you know oh, yeah. back in the day that was that was your room uh, the beat writers that was fine. they're there every day they're almost part of it. But when you open that room on a daily basis, particularly on game days, and it's just totally invaded, I'm not a fan of that.
1: Well, how about baseball? It's three and a half hours before the game. We have to let them in, and then they have to be. There's a lot of mulling around and and hanging, and it's it gets real uncomfortable and tense. And they can't seem to change it. The baseball writers are too. Hey, I always hear guys ask this. Like Lou Marloni's talked about this. Which teammates? You know, he's had a problem with, he always mentions Bob Wickman, who was not a, a nice man to, to, to share a clubhouse with. Who who was the worst teammate you ever had,
2: Rick? <laughs> and, and why? Oh, I don't know if I could put a name to that, Jerry. I
1: right, well, if you're, you know, if you're, if you don't want to put a if you're still afraid of the guy and you don't want to put a name to it, <laughs> that's okay. Tell us why. why. Why was the guy this? Selfishness. Give a,
2: I couldn't stand self- selfishness. That right. was... You know, we play the ultimate team sport. I come from a team sport background. Right. Uh, you have my back. I have your back. Even when there's mistakes made, whether it's uh, in the locker or outside the locker, away from the rink, uh, whether it's behavioral, whatever it might be, you have to have one another's back until you get a full explanation, and then that's where you maybe have to get some separation. But I just couldn't stand players that were selfish, that they put themselves before the team.
0: All right, Brick, the most important question we uh, we end with, we're flying out of here and coming back at 4 o'clock. Uh, put your meteorologist hat on. Are we, we going to make it in?
2: <laughs> you'll make it in, but you'll see some white stuff on your landing. When's it starting? Uh, they said right around that time. Between About 4 o'clock? And 4 o'clock? Oh,
0: good. We'll be fine. Oh, just in time okay. for yeah, rush that, hour. I'm sure <laughs> we'll won't be right a problem. <laughs> Brick, yeah. good talking to you. We'll talk to you next week, my friend. Okay, fellas. Uh, Eddie Brickley with Dennison Callahan on the AT&T Hotline. Brought to you by Norfolk Power Equipment and Kubota Tractor. Visit Norfolk Power today to enjoy money-saving year-end Kubota deal days. Check out NorfolkPower.com for more. And by McGee Chevrolet in Raynham. The first place and the last place you'll need to shop for a new or used Chevrolet. I think
1: Brick could have. He could have opened up a little and told us which teammate he hated the most. Right? They're not playing with them anymore. You know why I think he was holding back? It's Jack Edwards... That's oh, that teammate. Yeah. 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 That's why he's Selfish. holding back. <laughs> Selfish. <laughs> no, but he, didn't he describe the perception that a lot of fans have of Tim Thomas through the White House thing, mm-hmm. like putting himself before the team right. and that kind of thing? It, it doesn't matter because he's really, really good, and he kept him in the game yesterday. He's not showing signs that you know he's crumbling under this new uh, intense scrutiny. But uh, if things go bad, is it? Are we going to go back to Tim Thomas?
0: Well, I would say that when you have five shutouts in the month of February, the shortest month of the year, even yeah, the extra Yeah, good thing it wasn't
1: yeah. a 31-day month. Yeah. Could have six, six seven.
0: seven. Uh, we'll wrap things up from Fort Myers when DNC return.